Amen? So let's jump right into the Word this morning. Right into the Word this morning. We're going to look at part of Paul's prayer found in the book of Ephesians. There's a lot more to this prayer before it, but we're going to look at the end part of his prayer found in the book of Ephesians. And I know it wasn't that long ago that I used this passage in one of my sermons. But, like I have found with God at times when he tells me to preach something again or a passage of scripture again, it's because we didn't get it the first time. Hey, did you ever have that happen in your life that you just go through, the, it seems like you're going through the same lesson over and over and over again. And it's like if we would just learn it the first time, we wouldn't have to go through it over and over again. But when I taught school, the beginning of the school year, we had to review everything the children learned the year before in math and remind them of some things from science so that we would have that base. Because if you can't remember from one year to the next year that one plus one is two, you're not going to grasp some things in math. And so sometimes the Lord says, hey, go preach that passage again and let's fill in some of the gaps that the folks didn't get the first time. So I don't mind doing that. I'd rather do what the Lord tells me to do than try to stand up here and just go ahead and make, you look, make myself look smart. And uh, um, I'd rather go ahead and make the Lord look smart because he knows what he's doing in our hearts. Amen? And so we're going to look at that. But there's, there is a truth found here that we need to grasp if we're going to mature in Christ. And that truth is that we can embrace the fullness of God. Now let me, before we just jump into the word, I said we were going to jump into it right away. But here's why I believe some of the folks have been staying away from church lately. It's because the devil doesn't want them to learn certain things. Come on, he likes keeping them trapped. He likes keeping them in bondage. And, but my Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross, he loosed the chains of our bondage when we got saved, and they haven't learned that. They don't, they don't realize that the chains are loosed. Hello? Listen, the chains have been loosed. All you have to do is let go of them. Jesus has already done the work at the cross, but we hold on to him from some silly reason, don't we? And so the devil doesn't want us to learn that, and he doesn't want us to learn this truth that we have here today. So let's look here, starting in verse 14. Verse 14 of chapter 3, and we're going to go to the end of the chapter. It's not that long. It's only to chapter, verse 21. And so it's not that long. It really isn't. I'll, I'll be able to get done here, and then we'll go ahead and uh, fix things up over there. And so let's look at the word here. For this reason... And Danny helped us read this part of this before. For this reason, I bow my knee, knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you see that there? That's a humble position. Humble position. He's getting on his knees. Now, there's something about getting on your knees. It's uncomfortable. Come on. After a while, being on your knees, especially on a hard concrete floor, a hard wood floor, gets uncomfortable. But if you're on your knees, guess what? You're focused on the Lord. They said that when Jesus' brother James passed away, um, 
They, when they looked his body over, he had spent so much time on his knees, they described it this way, that his knees became as large, they were so calloused from being on their knee, his knees in prayer to talk to the Lord. His knees were so calloused, they were the size of camel knees. Now, isn't that something? They say also that next to his bed in his, the stone in his bed where he knelt to pray was worn away from all the prayers. Now, that's, that's uh, stories that we've been told. I know it's not here in the Bible, but that is kind of a cool thing. Now, if you grew up knowing Jesus, hello, if you grew up knowing Jesus and you were his brother, you shared a room with him, possibly a bed with him, because back then you would put five to a bed, you know, and uh, say, good night, kids, go to sleep now. <laughs> it's almost like being over Jason's house. Go to sleep, I got to sleep night now, go be quiet. <laughs> and back in, in Jesus' day, they would, in the wintertime, they would even bring the animals in, and the animals would be sleeping under the bed, just to keep the place warm. Think about that. But getting on your knees is a humble position. Now, um, that doesn't mean um, everybody can get on their knees, but you sure can get on the knees of your heart. Come on. You can get on your knees of your heart. You can humble your heart before the Lord. Jason led us in some of his favorite songs, and weren't some of them talking about that? Humble ourselves and, and, and so that we can hear from the Lord. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Hmm. Let that one sink in that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to, listen to this word, comprehend, and we will visit that in a little bit, with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So now let us pray. Lord, we just thank you that you touch us now and speak to us through this, your word. I think so many have forgotten that you want to speak to us directly through your word. We've gotten so caught up in our programs We've gotten so caught up in our systems for church growth that we have forgotten that the whole purpose of coming to church is to be to touch you and to have you touch us. We have forgotten that the whole purpose of church is to see you change our lives, not to tell you what you should think. And so, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for your word because it's so good for us. It's healing for us. 
It's strength for us. It's how we, it helps us to overcome because then we use it as part of our testimony and it's by our testimony that we overcome and our testimony is always found in you. And so, Lord, we just love you and we praise you and we thank you, Lord. And we, we pray, Lord, that you will use this word today to embolden us, Lord, to reach people for Christ. That you would use this word today to let us know how much we are loved. And Lord, that you use this word today so that we can love others with your love. Oh, I thank you for your anointing. And I ask you, Lord, that you would only let me speak the words you would have me to speak today. We praise you in Jesus' name. For Lord, we need you more and more. Amen. And amen. Hmm. We see here in verse 14 through 7 that we need to embrace the Lord now more than ever. Remember what it says here? For this reason I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened. How many here feels like they need some strength today? Come on. But it says, Paul says right here, we are strengthened by him. So why don't we go to our source of our strengthening? Hmm. with the might through his spirit in the inner man. Mm. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may... Be, oh, let me stop there. We start to embrace the Lord. We need to embrace the Lord now more than ever and take the truth of his words and get it into our lives and use it. If we're going to overcome the problems of this world... For our own self and our own sanity, we need to embrace the truth of God's words and use it. And if he says, if you're feeling like everybody raised their hand, like, I need strength. Maybe one person here, I think I didn't see a hand go up. Boy, we're, we're going to need to get that person to preach to us because if they didn't need God's strength, I, 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 or they already have it completely, we need to find out their secret. Come on. I have a feeling they were busy writing notes, and that's why, you know, because we all need more of God's strength, don't we? But you know how we get more of God's strength? It starts in prayer. But how deep will we go? Mmm. Pastor, why do you ask that? Because I know how many we have come to prayer meeting. How deep will we go? It was cool this week. I took... There was two things that came up on our prayer requests on, on Thursday night. And instead of having one person pray for them, I said, okay, let us intercede for this one. And everybody started praying out loud, interceding for that one. And then we had another situation. I said, okay, let everybody start interceding for this one. You see, that's the only way we're going to learn how to intercede is if we show up and we practice. <laughs> Intercessory prayer is powerful. That's why God keeps people away from prayer meeting. Because we actually have to do something. When you come to church, you get to sit in these nice, comfortable seats and sit back. Oh, I got this nice, comfortable seat. 
and I can sit back and listen to Jason sing. Jason go, oh, Jason sings pretty good. I like listening to go, la, 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 la. And I got this nice comfortable seat. It's good to hear Pastor preach. And I'm going to sit back. Oh, we had church today. Right? But you know, God wants us to do something all the time. And did you know that prayer is supposed to be an ongoing thing in our lives? It's not just for when we have prayer meeting or when we pray over our food. It's supposed to be continued. Did you know that church service starts in prayer? You know why? Because the whole church service is a lengthy prayer. While you are singing, worship is a form of prayer. When you give in the offering plate, it's a prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. You blessed me again. I have a roof over my head still. I'm not homeless living in a garbage dump. Come on. Think about it. Think about it. He blesses us so much. And then during the sermon, we're supposed to be praying during the sermon. We're supposed to have our ears open and praying and asking the Lord to speak to our hearts. Come on. Lord, what is he saying here? Some of the greatest testimonies I've had in our church is when somebody comes up to me and says, Pastor, while you were preaching, the Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder and said this. I'm not, great, I'm not ready to leave this section yet. It also means we need to get into the Word of God. Hmm, Jason, I don't need to preach long on this because Jason, <laughs> Jason did a pretty good job earlier. We, we need to get into the Word of God. And we need to make the Bible part of our prayer lives by praying the Word. What? Yeah, pray the word. You just raised your hand and said, Lord, um, 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 I need your strength. So as we were reading here in verse 16, that you would grant strength to the strength to the riches of his, um, he would grant you according to the riches of the glory to be strengthened. And you stop there while you're reading that. Oh, Lord, boy, do I need that now. Open up that treasure box of strength you have up there in heaven and just give me of that strength because Lord you know I need it right now Lord I need your you see how you start praying the word you start let you start internalizing the word of God it becomes part of you and it becomes part of your prayer life don't just read the Bible for sake of reading it read it with prayer let the word of God permeate and permeate your life Come on, let it become part of you. It says hide the word of God. That's what meditate means. It's hiding the word, the real meditation. It's hiding the word of God in your life. Oh, but the doctors are, and psychiatrists are always saying, oh, you need to meditate. And so we go, oh, oh. And that's not going to do a thing for you except get you in touch with some demons. Yeah, but I like doing downward dog. It's part of yogi, yoga. You know, it's, it's part of yoga. Now, if you're just doing it for exercise, that's one thing. But if you're incorporating the religion that's behind yoga, stop it. 
Because the best meditation, the one that's going to be real, is the one there you meditate on God's Word. You take that Word, especially that one, I can't figure that one out, and you think about it all day long. And you memorize it. And you pray about it. And you let the Lord speak to your heart. You know, that's more relaxing than all the... And, and I know you can lose weight doing yoga because you're stretching all your muscles. I mean, you have to get your foot up like this and stand there like this and try to stand there long and not fall over, right? <laughs> you know, you're stretching those muscles and that's why people sweat. You know, of course, I know some of you just because of your age, it's like being sweating to the oldies, but that's just because you're listening to your music on the radio and you can't help but tap your foot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it says here that God wants to build up be strengthened with might through his spirit that's the Holy Ghost in the inner man God wants to build up your inner man your inner person who you really are you see it's your inner man that spirit man that spirit person that you are that spirit woman you are it's what goes on to eternity. This flesh we leave behind. So if your flesh is failing you, you know, you just can't, you can't do, get it to do what you used to do in your 20s. Yeah. Oh my word, wouldn't it be nice to be 20 again? Oh, ho, ho, ho. there'd be no stopping us, huh? Oh my word. Then you get Jason over in his 20s and with the energy he used to have when he was 20. Look at the energy he has now. Now think about when he was 20. My word, we could have bottled that back then. We could power this whole building without having to get electric, you know, being hooked up to the grid. The three of us back in our 20s. Oh, my word, this town would be in trouble. But you know what? The Bible says we're supposed to be building up the inner person, the inner man, the, what, the person that God sees us as. Some of us here might be only five foot four, but on the inside they're giants before the Lord. Come on. But there's a problem in the world, isn't there? Right now. There's a problem in this world as reacting with hate. I'm going to go quickly through this. It's reacting with hate that only Christ, Jesus, can change and fix. And I want to just let you know what happened in Charlottesville and what's been happening with these stupid statues. And let me say something about the statues real quick. I'm going to take maybe a minute. I don't care if a local town or state decides they don't want a statue up anymore. If they decide in Maryland they don't want a statue to some person and they want to take it down, that's their state right. Just like if our state decided, hey, we'll buy that statue from you and we'll just put it up over here. That's our right. But when people come from other states and start tearing things down, that's just wrong. Let the people who live there decide if they want that or not. And these people are being ridiculous because they don't even know what they're hating. Somebody on the south side of Chicago took a bust of of Abraham Lincoln's always been in a prominent place and they burnt it. They defaced it, his nose melted. 
because it's made out of bronze. What? Here's the guy who freed the slaves. He, he never had a hateful bone in his body. And they don't even know what they're doing. And then, down in New Orleans, they defaced Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc, they don't know what they're hating. It's hate makes you think irrationally. It makes you think, let me put it this way, I don't care if I offend anybody with this one, hate just makes you stupid. Because if you think of what they're hating, oh, I hate you because you're a Jew. That's stupid. I hate you because of the color of your skin. That's stupid. Come on. I hate you because you, 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 you're a feminazi. What's even that? Feminazi's a... That, that, that's an ultra-left ultra feminist. That's just stupid. <laughs> and you know what? God don't like sin and hate is sin. The only thing the Bible says we can hate is sin. Somebody said, well, pastor, can't we hate the devil too? Well, I suppose. But the Bible says hate sin and love the sinner. Come on. Come on. Now, it's not quoted that way, but you know that's what it says. Jesus hated the sin and he died for the sinner. He defeated sin on the cross. Hate needs to stop. It's not what we are about as a country. There's my little thing about hate. But you know why we have this problem going on? Um, let's look at the reason why we have this problem going on today is in the last days, people will be lovers of self. You want me to prove it to you? Put up 2 Timothy up on the screen, um, chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. You put it up there. Come on. It should be there. Huh? Well, good. Get to it. Okay, this is the beginning of it. I just didn't know. Okay. <laughs> but know this. She could have made it smaller, but she, for her eyes, this is good. This is how she has to blow it up every day so she can read. Poor thing. We just got to pray that God does a miracle for Corey so that she doesn't have to have it so big. You know why she does this so for you? It's for you, though. So that you can read it. Aren't we glad we have somebody who cares about you running the board? I've, I've been in church, right, Corey? We've been in church before where they make this, the, it's so small, nobody can read it. So I'm just grateful. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Is this not a perilous times? We got one country threatening to rain down fire from the sky on us. And we got... ISIS running trucks into people. We got a mess over in the Middle East. We got people here driving a car into a crowd and other people. Oh, we, we're haters on the left. We're haters on the right. We're going to beat each other with sticks and clubs. I, I'm so stupid because I hate. You got the ultra, you got those neo-Nazis and stupid KKK people. And then you've got those idiots on the left. Those alt, alt, whatever it's called. You know what happened in Boston yesterday? Thank God Boston had some sense. They marched in peace. But you know what? 27 people, thugs, were arrested. 
Why? They showed up with their clubs and their helmets and their face masks. And the police went ahead and arrested them. And then they kept the left group way over here and the right group way over there. And they could just shout, blah, blah, blah. And, and it, got, it was shorter than everybody thought because they were just shouting at each other. And it was over with and nobody got hurt. doesn't matter what side you're for or not for. I'm not for any of them because they're all being silly, ridiculous. I'm just for God's side, and Jesus wants to bring healing. Somebody says, well, Trump needs to bring healing. No, the only one who can bring healing right now to this land is Jesus Christ. But know that this perilous times will come. For men will, here it is, for men will be lovers of themselves. And that's going on. Oh, my word. Throw science out the window. Science, if science doesn't agree with my opinion, I don't agree with it. Wow. Okay, we're going to look at these, this cute young couple right here. She's a girl, she's a boy. He's a boy. Well, see that, but that's how the world is. She's a boy. Why? Because that's my opinion. Excuse me. When the doctor took you out of the womb, helped deliver you out of the womb, they, in the old days they would lift you up and on the bottom. They don't do that anymore. They just wait for the baby to cry because all babies cry. They don't need help. But they would lift you up and say, mm, this one's a, mom, you got a boy here. Or they go, mm, mom, you got a girl here. On the farm, what do we do when we are birthing calves? Mm, we got a boy. We got a cow. There's a reason why we know that. Though it's a scientific, biological, that's biology, it's a fact. But today it's like, no, my opinion is this. And my opinion is greater than that. Why? Because we're lovers of self. Come on. And I get offended if your opinion is not my opinion. And that's why so many people say, I don't like what's in the Bible because it doesn't agree with my opinion. You know what? I'd rather have God's opinion on the matter than my own opinion. If God tells me something's bad for me, I'm going to stay away from it. Because it's going to mean I'll probably live longer. By the way, the Bible says it's not the good that die young. The good actually live a long life. That's what the Bible says. The world just likes to mass this, so, oh, I don't want to be good because I don't want to live until an old age. No, no, no. The Bible says only the good live long. What else does it say? They're, now, now it doesn't, let's look at the rest of the list. They're lovers of money. Isn't that the truth? So we just love our 401ks. Boasters. Boasters. We're always boasting. Oh, man, you should have saw me. I was playing my video game. You should have saw the score I had. I'm better than Tim. Ha, ha, ha. And Tim goes, I don't care. <laughs> mm. Proud, <laughs> proud, pride goes before a fall, that's what caused Satan to rebel, blasphemers, oh my word, look at the blaspheming that's been going on, disobedient to parents, in fact uh, we kind of watched a movie yesterday that we were 
eh, we'll watch it. If it's no good, we'll, turn it, you know, we'll throw it away. And if it's good, eh, we'll watch it to the end and then throw it away. Because it's not something we're going to watch again, but we're just kind of curious. And it uh, wasn't really badly written, but you know what? This whole list was in it. Wow. Unthankful? Oh, look at that. How many people are unthankful for their blessings today? Unholy? Unloving? Unforgiving? Hmm. Slanderers? Uh-oh, we're going to get into it more. <clears throat> Without self-control? <clears throat> Brutal? Despisers of good? Traitors? Headstrong? Haughty? I mean, if we just stopped there, it would be bad enough, but does, does this not next one describe us today? Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God? Have we ever lived in a time in America where our God is sex? I'm not trying to make anybody uncomfortable, but it's the truth. Turn on the TV, listen to the songs on the radio. You know, why do we have birth control like we do today? Why do we have abortions like we do today? And then here's the one to the church. I mean, that's bad enough the world is doing all this. But here's the one that the Paul warns the church not to have. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Mm. And then Paul says, and from such people turn away. Wow. This is all supposed to happen in the last days. Are we not seeing it? all over the place, and even in the church. Come on. Now, I have a problem with abortion. I don't have a problem with birth control. That's between you and God. <laughs> you know, um, it just is, right? We, I really don't have, but I'm telling you, once the baby is conceived, it's a human being. That's just how it is. Okay? Um, the rest of it, that's something you, you and your wife have to decide on. That's not, I'm not going to come over and, Jason, Jason and I and Judy aren't going to show up to your house. Okay! Let's, like, some, there's a, a group that calls themselves a church in town who would come to your house and say, okay, bring out your finances, let's see your checkbook, your savings book, your 401k, and the hidden books that you have. Bring them all out. We're going to do that. And then uh, while, we're, while I go through your books, Jason and, and uh, Judy are going to go through all of your dresser drawers and your closets and check everything out and see what you got hidden in there. Um, no. That's not the way of the cross. The way of the cross, you turn your whole life over to the Lord and let the Holy Spirit sort it all out. Amen. He does a better job anyway. And besides that... Because you, because going by the way of the cross, you want to do it, not because you have to do it. 
Amen? Come on. Praise God. Anyway, enough meddling on that part. We need to fall in love with Jesus once again. Jesus warned one of the churches in Revelation. You need to do the first works again. What's your problem? You fall, you're not in love with me anymore. You need to do the first works. You need to fall in love with me all over again. That's what I have against you guys. You can go, I didn't purposely put the verse up there. I decided to let you go find it today. Go read, go read the first part of Revelation through chapter 3. You'll, you'll learn something. When we fall in love with Jesus, once again, when we do, we will see people the way Jesus does. And we'll love others. And we will desire to see them saved. Amen? There's a reason why we need to go to church. And the main reason why we need to go to church is so we stay in love with Jesus. You can't just... I have a feeling, I have a, I, I, so there's somebody's opinion that I, I've been talking to, and their opinion is kind of like, well, I, I really don't need to go to church. We can do that right here at home. Yeah, but number one, are you doctrinally right? Hmm? Do you have head knowledge or do you have heart knowledge? And besides, it's easier to live a Christian life when, you're, when, when you have a bunch of buddies backing you up than when it's just you against the world. I don't know. Take Tim. When he goes out, he's got a bunch of buddies on their motorcycles when they go out to talk to hardcore Hells Angels and all those other groups out there about Jesus. They go out there shoulder to shoulder, side by side. They get out there and they start talking to the people about the Lord. And because they have each other, they're stronger. It's like an old saying, you know, together we're stronger. Another old saying I like, minds are like parachutes. They only work when they're open. <laughs> Think about that one. <laughs> and, and, and the other old thing I used to like all the time, I had this poster up in the classroom too. The only thing that got the, the fish in trouble was when he opened up his big mouth. Picture the hook. Paul says we can comprehend and understand the following things. And this is going to be so important for us to grasp this morning. Ephesians 3, 18 through 19 says, May be able to comprehend. Hmm. May be able to comprehend. That means to understand. Right? With all the saints, that means everybody here, all the, my fellow Christians, with all the saints, what is the width and length? Now, now look at that. The width and length and depth and height of who? Who are we talking about in this prayer? God. Hmm. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness 
of God. To know God fully, to know God fully, Paul says we're able to. God says, Paul says, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, depth, and height of God. Now think about this. God is so big, right? He fills all the universe, and the Bible says he, uses the, he is so big that he uses the earth as his footstool. And you say, but then how can, I, how can I embrace the fullness of God, Pastor, if he's so big that he uses the earth as his footstool? But God is so great that when you accepted Jesus, into, Jesus as your Savior, he lives, he lives, he lives, in our hearts. Think about that. God is so big, he uses the earth. I don't think you're getting it. I don't think you're getting it. God is so big that he uses the earth as his footstool, and yet, and he, Paul says we can embrace him. He is so big. He says we can comprehend the width, the height, the length, the depth of the Almighty. And he's so big that he uses the earth as his footstool. So that's pretty big. But when you accepted Jesus, he lives in your heart. Does, is that starting to blow your mind? We read this and we just read it and we don't comprehend. We, but he says you can comprehend this. You can understand this. Embrace it. This is such a deep, wide, big truth. And when we do comprehend it, we can know the love of Christ. Did you not understand the love of Christ when you asked him into your heart? Did you not understand the love of Christ when you asked the Holy Spirit to indwell within you? and fill you with gifts so he could use you? Did you not comprehend his love? If you can comprehend his love and understand your need for Jesus, then you can understand his width and length and depth and height and be filled with the fullness of God. This is what we're talking about in revival. You're full of the fullness of God. Not just because you're all excited. Yeah, we love that song by Bill Gaither. Get all excited, go tell everybody that. Right? That's not revival. That's just getting excited to tell people about Jesus. <laughs> revival is comprehending what we're talking about right now. Do you get the picture of what Paul is telling us here? Isn't that cool? You can actually know how big God is and embrace him. And at the same time, he's in your heart. And because of that, he embraces you. Let God touch you in Jesus' name. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly
abundantly above all that we ask or think. I want to conclude with the last, what is it, two verses? Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly above, abundantly, not just exceedingly, but abundantly. Get that picture in your head. He can do exceeding what you ask him for, and he can do abundantly beyond what you ask him for. Exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think. Jesus says you have not because you ask not, but a lot of times we, we just think about something, and he can go beyond your thoughts. Oh boy, your thoughts are so finite next to God's thoughts. If you ever want to know, if you ever want a discussion on that, ask Jason about it sometime. He loves, you can ask Danny, he loves talking about that. He can do above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. What? According to the power that works within us. This is, again, Lord, I need your strength. He's already within you. The Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength. He's already in your heart. Let that joy come out of you. Let him start touching you. Let him have his way in you. And he will go abundantly and exceedingly beyond what you ask for or even think. According to that power that works in us, and that's the Holy Ghost. To him, to Jesus, be glory in the church... That's why we're supposed to get our eyes on Jesus instead of each other. That's why a couple of weeks ago in prayer meeting, I taught on get our eyes on Jesus and not on who's not here. I'm grateful for the core of our church. Because they're always here. Come rain, come shine, come snow or high water, they're always here. And when you live in these neck of the woods, you prove it. <laughs> Yeah, you get all of it. <laughs> By Christ Jesus to all generations. This promise is to every generation. And if Jesus doesn't come tomorrow and you get married and you have kids, it's to them too. I believe we're in the last days. So much is lined up that it looks like Jesus could come any time. Oh, wow, I can't wait for the rapture to happen. But until it does, we need to occupy. We need to be busy telling others about Jesus. Because the end times, even though we read how, how ridiculous it's going to be, uh, the end times is also harvest time. Pray for the workers to go out into the harvest field. You want to be a worker for Jesus? Come on. Forever and ever. To all generations, forever and ever. And then Paul says, Amen. Let it be. Let it be. Have faith to believe and know that God can go beyond what you ask. Wow. Pastor, I've been trying to get rid of these cigarettes for years. Whose strength are you doing it in? Get rid of the eye in it. <laughs> Forget about it. God says he's going to set you free, and he's promised to set you free, he's going to do it. Stop trying to do it in your own strength. Say, Lord, you said you'd go beyond, 
You give me strength to do it. You go beyond what I ask more abundantly, more exceedingly. Lord, I just turn it over to you. Uh, I listened to one guy's testimony. He, he was a young man. He smoked. He hasn't smoked since when his son was born. He gave up smoking, but he struggled, struggled, struggled. And he was a real, he's a real disciplined guy. And, and, and yet he couldn't get, and he was just crying to his mom one day. I just can't quit. She says, will you stop doing it in your own strength and turn it over to the Lord? Forget about it. Let the Lord handle it. And he says he tried some more on his own, but those words from his mother wouldn't get out of his head. Finally, he just turned it over and said, okay, I won't, I'll forget about it. He gets to work one day, about a month after he gave it to the Lord, gets to work one day and the phone rings. It's his wife. He goes, what do you want, honey? She says, you forgot your cigarettes on your dresser. I did? Forget about it, he said to her. I don't have any desire for him whatsoever. You know, that kind of happened with Vern. Give it over to the Lord. Just let the Lord handle it. And stop letting the devil keep on bugging you, saying, oh, you're no good. You're, what kind of Christian are you? Um, saved one? Yeah. Covered by the blood one? <laughs> Forgiven? Loved by my Father? <laughs> my Savior redeemed me? Just turn it over to him, let it go. I just, and I'm not picking on anybody because they smoke, because my word, we all have problems. Amen. It's just, that's just one of those easy ones to use, Right? That's just why we all have problems that we need to give over to the Lord, and He will do it for us. This, because, this is because of who lives in our heart, and that's Christ Jesus. Jesus died for all generations, and I'm so glad that we are a church of the whosoever will. And because, you know why I'm so glad we're the church of the whosoever will? We talked about that last week, right? You know? I'm so glad we're the church of the whosoever will because the whosoever will can be saved. Jesus said, Whoever wants, whosoever will, will be saved. Check out John 3.16. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. You know, he didn't just die for everybody who's all with it. He died for the whosoever will. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you and praise you for the whosoever wills, who come to know you. And Lord, all of us here this morning are whosoever wills. We thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for us so that we could live with you eternally. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness and your grace to us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you can go beyond, mm, exceedingly above and abundantly above all that we ask or think. And we thank you, Lord, as you saw the hands that, Lord, you can strengthen all of us. Everyone here today needs your strength, Lord. Yes, we do, Lord. And so, Lord, we turn all our lives over to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.